Hello and welcome to another CBGS podcast brought to you by Aspen Waits. We hope that you enjoyed last week's episode where we had Mark Carey on the show. A very special one, but we have the big man back now. We have Paul here. <laughs> Hello, Paul. I, I've surprised you with that intro, haven't I, sir? <laughs> well, if, if, I wish we had a camera here today. I'm looking at him even more oddly than I normally do. And of course, uh, I, I, I sit here like a jilted lover, forced out of my own seat and my own mm. programme, and usurped by the Carey from, from Kent. Uh, they didn't tell me that I was being obliterated from my own show. I turned up expecting to be... Oh, we've already done it, they said. Anyway, I uh, have to say, uh, on the serious side, um, Mark did a fantastic job last week. I thought um, uh, he, he came over as a true professional that he is. And uh, uh, on a serious note, it's uh, it's really good that that Drew is um, is uh, able to get the, uh, the, the, the help and the development that his talent deserves uh, on a wider stage, which I'm actually very pleased about, Mr. Armstrong. Oh, thank you, Paul. Um, thank you. <laughs> I'm so crying with sentiment. Sincerity rocks, baby, and charity. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and how's your week been, Paul? Or, or let's say, how's your, your two weeks been? Because well, we I haven't guess seen you in a couple. Like... I know, I didn't even, didn't even say hello. <laughs> That's the price of adultery, Armstrong. <laughs> well, to, to be honest with you... Um, Probably one shouldn't say this on on on, on, say, on the radio. We're not really on the radio. We're sort of pretend radio. Internet um, radio. Uh, it's all so intense. Uh, I said. I think I said to Mark Carey on the phone yesterday. I said sometimes I could scream like, "Can I not have any new clients, please?" And I shouldn't be allowed out because every time I go out and talk to someone, something happens and we get lots of work. So, uh, really, the 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 new year has started with a bang as if there'd never been a Christmas hiatus uh, we uh, we had our record ever sales month in December which is translating into our record ever bankings month in January which oh, is wow. psychologically very um, uplifting for me um, not least because um, I'm having uh, a huge huge demands put upon me in terms of the opportunities in terms of uh, outgoings um, and it's actually quite to, to be honest with you although I don't I try not to show it it's uh, sometimes it does get quite a lot you know it, take, uh, it takes a lot of um, getting on board you know mentally uh, I drew a new group chart uh, which I think I must have shown you the other day which Carly as usual did a magnificent job on including uh, other business interests of mine other than the Aspen Wake ones uh, plus uh, what I put First time ever, I had a chart saying, coming soon. Mm-hmm. And we had Aspen Weight Training and Aspen Weight Media, which uh, I'm hugely excited about. And I said to Armstrong when he was pibbling about, honestly, if you could see him making a cup of tea. Oh, my Lord. And so this morning, there's, there's always something. There's always something he hasn't got. Uh, so this morning, we had uh, an array of various milks, oat and coconut, because he didn't have any proper milk. Uh so I'm sitting here with a little bit of coconut milk in a very large cup, which is very welcoming. And a little bit of sugar. It's just a morning a cocktail. Little bit of, a little bit of sugar. A little bit of sweet, sweet. Makes the medicine go down, yes. yes. How is the cup of tea, Paul? Mm. All right. Well, I have to say, listeners, it's, um, yes, it's, well, it tastes like a cup of tea. Well, there you go. That's, that's all good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this, we, we, you asked me about the week, so uh, uh, we, we, could have, we could have not told the listeners all about my week then because we were having such, such, such fun. Um, so yeah, I've been out a lot. Um, actually, had to drive to Hampshire on my own without Tina yesterday, which was uh, a shock to the system. Um, it was wonderful to see my old friend George Farwell, who um, has been in business for sixty-three years and married to Linda for sixty-four. Linda sadly passed away on the eighteenth of December. I was a little bit apprehensive about how how he would be because I think a lot of him and it's sometimes it's, it's all difficult to think about you know uh how how you react but um i i actually uh turned up at farwell towers crabswood lane sway in the heart of the forest mm. uh to find him in very rude health and his usual cheeky form and I, was, I don't know why he thinks it's funny to take, take the mickey out of me i really don't so mr farwell was in fact very robust and amusing we had a great time it was lovely to see him uh, I think the way he's dealing with his grief and 
his memories is a lesson to us all, may I say. Uh, I also realised yesterday that he looked like Wilfred Hyde White, which I had great pleasure in telling him he did. Um, and uh, and he started um, he started writing his own book, which I said could be should be called Farewell Farewell. <laughs> and and this guy has um, ran his own business for sixty years, didn't you say? Sixty three years. Sixty three yeah. years. So going going strong still. Yeah, we we um, we've been his accountant now for eighteen years, I think. Oh wow. So before me, I think George, because George can be quite difficult. George had fourteen, 14 terms of accountants, accountants before me. Uh, so and I've then last, you've lasted eighteen years. So um, that's George and I have a unique relationship, which is um, a, would be a psychologist's dream. I think two two completely uh, unemployable crackheads who <laughs> somehow or other uh, <laughs> crackpots. That's the word. <laughs> I was that's the trouble with all you young people taking drugs. It doesn't occur to me, you see. I'd, uh, <laughs> what, what's his business? <laughs> what's your business? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, on a different side. No, it's very, no, it's very interesting. Farwells is a very interesting business. And um, as I was saying, we had a management meeting yesterday, and uh, their business... Um, it's got a unique business model that would not survive um, uh, if it was in a, in a traditional city, for instance, oh, okay. uh, because they are based in Sway, which is in the heart of the New Forest. So um, for those of you who may know the region, you're sort of looking at somewhere in between places like Lymington and Lyndhurst. Um, Sounds like Linton and Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. He'll chuckle on to himself. Um, I guess it does. I agree. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Like London sounds like Bunyan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> picked a bad one there. London doesn't really sound like anything, does it? Doesn't it? Let's be honest. What does Bristol sound like? There's one for you. That could be our little joke every week, couldn't it? Anyway, um, because because um, effectively, uh, so Sway is about 12 miles off uh, the A31. Uh, and the M27, and uh, the the New Forest is is sort of in its own little world, really enclave. And for instance, you know, for a traditional lorry to get out onto the M27 and back would take about an hour. So uh, the market is completely different there than it would be, as I say, uh, in a major conurbation. So as a result of that, they do lots of different things, actually. So they have a sawmill, so they sell wood. Mm. Um, they've got a civil engineering division, so they, you know, they build extensions to houses or things like roads, those sort of things. Um, supply aggregates, all sorts of aggregates. Um, they have a haulage, they have lots of lorries to haul things, you know, haulage, haulaging of muck and things on building sites, for instance. Um, they, they do skips. Um... So it's a very diverse operation, mm. and as if it was, if it was um, anywhere else, it would fail. But because of where it is, it's very important. We had quite a, you would have enjoyed yesterday's meeting because I spent quite a lot of time trying to talk to some of the younger people in the meeting about how important it was to understand your own business. Because mm. if you don't understand your own business, you can't really appreciate, um, you know, the true merits. You know, and for instance, they, uh, they, they, they lost. December uh, for any construction company is a, is a is a horrendous month because you've obviously got the Christmas break. So I think in Farwell's case, I worked out that effectively their income was equivalent to thirteen working days. And in a traditional month, you'd have twenty-two mm. working days. Uh, but they managed to keep their loss down to quite a small amount, which I said was probably a greater achievement than perhaps making thirty grand profit. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm. So there's evidence of a well-managed business. So. Yeah, so that's what they do. Uh, George is still sat there at 87 telling us what to do and <laughs> talking to his son like he's 13, tr- truly, uh, which has its moments, I have to say. Uh, but the one thing is George very kindly gave me Linda's obituary, uh, which we'll be posting onto the website and featuring in the <coughs> next copy of the magazine. So uh, great respect to George Farwell and all the people at Farwells who are uh, wonderful people and very much like Aspen Wait. Uh, Everything is about service, service, service. Excellent. And um, I, we've, we've, we've had an interesting couple of weeks in the way of media. 
So there's been there's been some opportunities arise. We we alluded to some of the opportunities on a, on a previous podcast actually, uh, but but things were not not quite 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 there yet. So we could we could um, tell you exactly what's happening. But I believe we're good to go now. The the the, the media opportunity sponsorship with um, back of the net. Yeah, well, as far as I'm aware, the back of the net sponsorship uh, was was launched on Wednesday afternoon. Um, so uh, our um, adverts for that are very impressive, actually. Uh, I was very impressed with um, uh, Ben Altham, who uh, is is head of uh, Back of the Net. His uh, his 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 efforts were not far off. Uh, you know, for first go, mm. I just had to change about four words into oh. adverts. Um, you know, he had obviously. You know, he he, he just he doesn't really know who we are. So so he, he was putting things like experienced and. Uh, so I changed that to uh, su- successful and mm. uh, just a few little tweaks, making us sound a bit more exciting than we are. Because of course we are very, ex- I'm very cool, <laughs> uh, very cool. As, as our, I think as our record selection shows actually, Drew, mm, yes. we have some very cool friends like Mark. Ah, yes. Yeah, Mark's heavily involved in boxing as well. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. Yeah, Mark's very heavily involved in boxing, which I, as you know, I love. Uh, he doesn't but, box. I don't think he boxes himself. Mm. I do, listeners. If anyone's have a fight, then they have to come. Yeah, I will very, very happily... Um, knock your block off. Knock your block <laughs> off for, for no fee. Uh, unless you're very, very big or, or you're a Tyson Fury, in which case, uh, please don't start because I can't run very fast at the moment. Yeah, so I learned a strong lesson with Paul before I um, before I started with Aspen Wait to invited to a rugby game, <laughs> and um, I nearly got my my block knocked off that night. <laughs> Never... Right, because you behave like a complete idiot. <laughs> Never tweak his nipples. <laughs> you had to say that on air. You mean not you yeah, mean repeatedly, yeah. but you're told fifty three times not to do it. Never drink half a bottle of Jack Daniels and tweak Paul's nipples all night. <laughs> you'll get your block knocked off. I think you're giving people the wrong idea. Armstrong. <laughs> I think, anyway, anyway. I think this represents a low point in our podcast history here. We've now hit, hit the depths of broadcasting. <laughs> we'll be invited to do the Radio 1 show if we carry on like this. Yes. <laughs> in the gutter, Armstrong. So, so, the, so the, the media, it's another a big opportunity with Deal Radio that's come up. I know we mentioned, we were talking to Mark last week about that. But Did you know that they're, called, they're calling their, their, their new studio, the Aspen Wake Studio? I know. Isn't that wonderful? Awesome. So now we have the Aspen Waite Studio and we have the Aspen Waite Arena where Haybridge Swifts play. Mm. On that point, as we haven't mentioned them for a while, um, a bit sad really because for the first time in, gosh, weeks and weeks and weeks, we actually lost last week. Oh. 3-1 away. So the Swifts are now third. Um, still really uh, bang on in the promotion places. It's going to be touch and go whether we get automatic promotion, I think. Uh, but... Um, Julian Dix, legend of West Ham, is now our manager and doing a fantastic job. And I know that Gary is really, really pleased with him. Um, on the, just you probably don't even know this yourself. So um, two days ago, um, through uh, the efforts of Ron Jones from Helios and Titan Serve, legend of a man, by the way, um, we will be acting for Britain Ferries Clan Sowell. Uh, who play in effectively the second division of the Welsh League? Oh, okay. Currently, um, about two thirds down the table on a r- very poor run of uh, results, I have to say. So, I sent them a cheery email and said, "Come on, guys, <laughs> get back to the mid-table before Weighty takes over." <laughs> <laughs> we don't like failure. Come on, out, guys. Um, so, um, yeah, that's good because it's um, it's uh, completely non-competing with Haybridge Swifts. Because this 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 Welsh league that it is, it is it's, it's, you know, purely Welsh clubs. Yeah. Whereas of course you know most of the really good Welsh clubs like Cardiff, uh, Newport County, uh, Swansea, for instance, uh, play in the English league. Um, and of course we must um, give particular uh, credit to Newport County for their amazing win in the FA Cup against uh, I think it was Leicester City, wasn't it, two weeks ago? Uh, very keen to meet the chairman of Newport County in the rare event that he would, would listen to this. Uh, so, uh, very much part uh, a part of the world's very very high on our, our business development. Um, in terms of media, really, um, uh, and obviously through Mark, Mark also has his own record label, as you probably know. That's some amazing acts, actually. 
the one that particularly uh, took my interest was Steve Rogers, mm. who used to sound of "All right now, yeah. baby." I don't expect he sings that, baby. You know, he gave me a shout out yesterday on his radio show. I was pretty chuffed. What, Paul, Steve Rogers? No, no, sorry, Warren? Mark Kerry on his on his radio show yesterday. He had right. a, he had a Metallica special, and um, uh, yeah. We were... Am I not kicking me when we're doing this? Sorry. I still not recovering from the nipple incident. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, we, we, we're even thinking about having our own radio station due to an opportunity that exists. But um, I just think that uh, because of our growth and the, the opportunities we have, and, and Drew and I are having such fun doing this, uh, it's like a new lease of life. So uh, we've got such such a lot of good ideas, and it just seems a shame. So we're not, we're, you know, we're really going to had a great meeting yesterday with a lady called Jill Johnson who's uh, best mucker of my great friend Shirley Bell uh, Is this the marketing lady? Yeah oh. and uh, she's got a, a concept that I'm very excited about taking to market but I, I think we can do that uh, and that's going to be a, you know, another great project to be associated with so um, yeah it, 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 it's bubbling really uh, we've got lots of ideas but we haven't really got anything we can particularly announced other than what we started to do um, we were definitely oh um, my son Callum has uh, come up with a concept which we approved this week so Callum and Drew will have their own show starting next week perhaps is that right yeah it's available Callum's available okay. and <clears throat> yes where we'll be re- well Callum will be reading Callum is Paul's son um, and has a, has a very very lovely voice for he has a voice for radio <laughs> And he's going to be um, reading a chapter from Paul's book. And then we thought we'd have a little bit of a discussion about uh, the content of that chapter. And, um, it, and, and uh, me and Callum are both musicians. We both play together a lot and um, are into our, our folk music. So you, there may be a nice little bit of folk music touch on those. Down the bar. <coughs> yes, we are. We are the mystic bards of solitude. <laughs> That's probably good, actually, for you. Perfect. And... Um, yeah, so so that'll be a sub series uh, that the listeners can look forward to. It'll be on our website and all of all of that. So we'll keep you updated. Yeah, Maybe get Mark um, in in the production of that one as well. Oh, Mark, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark uh, uh, said he would happily edit that, doesn't mm-hmm. he? I mean, obviously, this podcast has given us a lot of co- uh, confidence, and with the tie up now with uh, Mark's radio station, there's there's no reason why, for instance, you know, I, I couldn't do a whole raft of history specials, mm. which I'm planning to start with. Um, Alfred the Great, uh, when Reverend Drew's got time to to do that, uh, are pretty much good to go in terms of knowledge. Mm. So um, that'd be a very interesting episode. Yeah, we yeah, I think you know we 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 sort of worked out uh, quite some time ago that um, that really uh, entertainment is about entertainment. Uh, so we're you know we're going to expand and diversify our offering to people because. Uh, one of the things Drew and I were delighted about this week, we, we have, we've got a, a, a new client in Aspenway called Alex. Hi, welcome, Alex. You're very welcome. Alex is a Portuguese um, with a company in the UK, and he chose us because he he loved our podcast, Drew. <laughs> Isn't that just fantastic? That's the first client we've ever had that said that. Mm. Uh, so it just shows it works. Did he say how he found? Um, he just went on the website. Well, I, I, I don't know. I guess mm. he, he he went on the website, which people would do, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. And fa- I found the podcast and had a had a listen. So I think it's spreading. You know, certainly uh, people I people I meet, uh, I say, oh, you must listen to the podcast, mm. and they 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 promise to. There's quite a few people now who, for instance, you know, when they're driving somewhere, will listen to our podcast mm. or. Uh, if they're having their Sunday bath, they listen religiously. Yeah. That's what they do when they're in the bath and they listen to our podcast, <laughs> which is probably about all Armstrong and I are good for, to be honest, a bit of a scrub. Well, it's a, it's a great way for people to get behind um, the the mind of Paul. You know, the, this the, this, uh, this Aspen weight is growing exponentially and um, it's, it's, it's a way for you to, to hear the man behind all that. Mm, well, and, um, it's disturbing, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's brilliant. <laughs> but you would. Ah, yes. Top burbling, anyway. Anyway, so, should we get on to some business? Yeah, I thought we had. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought this um, this week's episode, we can talk a little bit about risk pool. Okay. And a little bit about um, your experience of that in mm-hmm. your in your history of being a CEO. And so, 
Um, 30% of businesses fail during the first two years of being open, 50% fail during the first five years, and 66% during the first 10 years. Yeah, I think um, it's worse. I mean, some, some, some statistics are worse yes, than that. I've, I've seen worse ones than that, to be honest. Mm. That's probably a bit optimistic, if anything. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, was, I was wondering, do you, do you think an important factor in this is to do with the risks that business owners are willing to take to grow their business or succeed? So... Do they take too much risk and are irresponsible or too little and more stagnant? Um, don't allow themselves to grow. Such a huge subject, Drew. Mm. Um, obviously, um, so this, this, is, this is something that I would feel comfortable to write a book on, actually. Um, risk. Risk is a huge subject. So, in a way, without meaning to, Drew's sort of put it, put it over very narrowly. Mm. Um, so actually, in reality, you have things like uh, you can have product risk, financial risk, operational risk, yes, yeah, so uh, intellectual property risk. There are lots of different types of risk. Mm. Um, and I guess you know when you're looking at risk, if you were doing a, a total um, evaluation of risk, you probably start at the top with the person running the business. Is that person risk averse or risk seeking? For instance, yeah, so me, uh, I would say. I don't know, I, I, so I'm not risk averse, so and I'm not an idiot, but uh, but so I would you know I would be somewhere north of eight probably, mm. you know, in terms of risk. Mm. Uh, probably, probably, I'm not sure if I know any of my clients that I would actually say were were more risk taking than me actually. Um, probably someone like Darren Horn would be a China UK, but mm. but he's restrained to some extent by cash flow. Um, so anyway. So I think you know, risk starts with the, the attitude, attitude of the the, the the owner, and of course everything to some extent, uh, the whole culture of a business um, comes from the top down, not the other way around. Yes. So you know, if the owner is a visible git, the, the staff aren't likely to be very happy. You know. Um, so really, um, risk. So ri- see, the way I look at it, when the, people might turn around and say to me that I was a risk taker, I w- I would say. Uh, what I do is I evaluate the risk, and if I if I think it's acceptable, uh, for instance, Mark Kerry offered me an investment opportunity yesterday, and unlike you know where when when he said would would we help him with the radio, that was quite an easy decision. I said to him, um, it wasn't a decision that was easy to say yes to. Mm. I said it doesn't mean to say I'm going to say no to you. Um, so that would be a good example, actually, because probably pe- people would misunderstand me a little bit in terms of my attitude to risk. So, um, and also uh, words like relevance. So with me, uh, most most of the money I spend, I want it to be relevant to Aspen Weight. Yeah. So we might even invest in a company, which we did recently, for instance, in, in, in a new client, but one of the stipulations of the investment was that we became their advisors. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Mm. I would never invest in a company unless it was, you know, someone said to me, this company's going to be listed on NASDAQ tomorrow and it's going to make a thousand percent profit. Mm. I'd fill my boots. <laughs> but uh, in terms of normal day-to-day investment, uh, it's got to be relevant. Uh, really, when you look at risk, um, the best the best attitude towards risk is to de-risk and protect your risk as much as possible and the best way to do that is to plan so that's why really uh, you'll find that businesses that plan would survive much longer and of course that's one of the reasons you know, if you look at our own phenomenal uh, record clients clients on the whole that are looked after by Aspen Weight get very good advice mm. you know uh, and of course most accountants um don't don't see it as their job to give advice even mm. so you know your statistics I would say an Aspen Way client would probably I reckon in terms of failing within three years would be one in 40 or something mm. failing in 10 years one in 20 so we're talking you know so so again, we we had a very interesting conversation in the Farwell management meeting yesterday about uh, expensive was the word that was used, uh, and of course I, I I said being the typical difficult person I am, uh, I'm quite known for having uh, 
chopsy conversations with clients or potential clients, uh, one of my themes quite often is, well, if you can't see that I'm a Rolls Royce and you want someone to drive a Skoda, then fine, but I'm not a Skoda. <laughs> of course, I, what I hadn't planned for is the, one of the smart Alex in the meeting turned around and said, I think a Skoda's more reliable than a Rolls Royce. <laughs> 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 it was rather through my story a bit, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, um, no, but planning, preparation, really knowing yourself inside out, having advisors, these are all fantastic ways of de-risking. Mm. And uh, I was going to ask a question about that. So um, clients that, that you've worked with, do you, do you see that um, a lot of businesses or they, they put themselves at risk unnecessarily by not getting the right advice or, or doing things like... Uh, not getting their accounts in order or submitting on time is that is that a common theme that you see um, with clients like and or with businesses that you've worked with in the past like people don't think about these things enough sometimes well I think obviously if there are clients and as I said if they were our clients then I'd be criticising myself wouldn't I so um, with our clients clearly we we have a mixture of different types of personalities so uh, one of my one of my sayings is if if you are going to take advice you should listen to it and I certainly listen to my advisors whether it be Lisa my hairdresser uh, or my lawyer or my you know or my or my um, motor dealership I think uh, you know they're the experts for a reason so um, yes uh, I have some clients who don't listen to me as much as perhaps I think they should you get people who pay lip service. Uh, so, for instance, you know, if I was going to see a new client to do with, say, tax, particularly R and D, I always stress the importance of working really closely with us, mm. so that we can understand their businesses as much as possible. Because, because you know, our whole approach is know your clients. You get wonderful businesses like um, Premier Forest Group in Newport who really listen to what you're saying. Take you know, take it to a high high level. Um, becomes very interactive and you can and it's very rewarding to see the benefits that come from people listening to your advice mm. and then of course you get other people who it doesn't really matter what you say to them they're, they're stuck in their own their own little parochial world mm. and they scratch mm. on you know mm. yeah, and as we've discussed many times you know one of the, the key attributes of an entrepreneur is evolution and adaptation mm. And would you say think it think about the most successful businesses that you've worked with, mm-hmm. and um, what would you say their relationship would be to risk in the way of uh, averse or seeking? Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, just as a just as a because in my in my mind, the the more you are w- willing to say yes to opportunities or, or really go for things, the the further you're going to go. But that might be irresponsible thinking that, but. <laughs> Just want to know from your experience. Well, that's, that's quite an interesting question, really. I mean, um, and of course, growth can come about primarily in two ways. One is organic, and the other way is purchased. Mm. Uh, so, for instance, you know, one of our large clients makes a lot of acquisitions. So, if you were to compare their turnover the last ten years, um, it would be doing you know an upward, you know, probably a forty-five degree upward trajectory uh, but their, their, their true growth could be 3% you know because they're, mm. it's distorted by the acquisitions they're making mm. so um, I think uh, the answer to that is and, and, and let's include ourselves in that you know if you look at I mean, our, our growth uh, over the last three years has been phenomenal mm. um, I would say uh, so the word that sums up our, our attitude or mine I believe is brave um, brave but nonetheless very well thought out perhaps um, audacious but so if you take you know the decision to do the podcast there wasn't really a lot to lose was there mm. if you think about it you know, it was very, a very radical thing to do but there was no real downside mm. other than people thinking that there was even more barking mad than I already was or something unfortunately that's not how it's been received is it people mm. people have been impressed so um, a client so uh, the client I, I possibly have the most respect for over time is a guy called John Cooper um, so check out Promec Hire um, a wonderful business very proud to act for it uh, first came across John through my great friend John Stokes 
in Wall's Ash, uh, I think about 17 years ago, when he was turning over less than £100,000. Um, I think we worked out that over the time he's been with Aspen Weight, his compound growth is nearly 80%, 80%. Oh, wow. He's now got a balance sheet of something like £3 million, owns over £10 million of higher assets. Uh, and if you were to look at the theme of what Paul has said to John over those years, it's been, John, you can take more risk. <laughs> so mm-hmm. even today... You've got a plant hire business that has probably a lower gearing and lower risk profile than an ordinary trading business. If you think about the whole concept of hire, you've got basically a lot of fixed assets you're hiring out. So you would you would expect, perhaps you know, in a typical model, uh, a company might have twenty million pounds of plant uh, with fourteen million pounds of debt against it. Whereas John has never felt comfortable with that. And, it, and my letters to him could be quite entertaining. So I, so I gave up after a while, and I said, well, of course, you won't, won't matter anyway, because you won't listen to what I say. It says a bit of a joke, and when we meet, you know, I say, I don't know what you're asking me for, because you won't bloody well do anything about it anyway. But it's very difficult and hard to criticise him, because, um, you know, how can you argue with a man that's grown his business 80% compound? But he, but he, but he literally... Um, if you said to me what makes that business stand out there's a clearly a hole in the market that hasn't bottomed out so even now you can see that there's you know he could carry on growing for years to come so he's he's, he's picked a fantastic area um and and i think the second thing is is his, his vast knowledge mm. he knows everything that's going on you know if you said mm. if we sat down with john he'd tell you what's going on in on down the a303 and barnstables like you know Sometimes building this down there and up in Surrey, there's this, you know. So it's 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 just you know he's a true, true expert. You know he lives and breathes his business, a bit like me really. I know you know quite a lot about what's going on, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you know knowledge is a great thing. So it comes back to the whole thing about planning again. So you say you know I, I, his his business would be the one. I've got other clients, um, you know, one notable one that, that has gone from a startup. To being industry leading and probably turning over, you know, something like thirty-five million. Um, and funnily enough, uh, in their case, uh, if one was being critical, they're in a very hard industry, so their profit return is quite poor in return for the effort. Uh, if I was actually going to give a prize to them for their achievement, it actually would be controlling their growth. Actually, we just we actually again we discussed this. At the Farwell meeting yesterday, um, quite often we, we would we again we are a very good example of this. It would be very very easy for us to uh, go crazy mm. and say we've come into the land of plenty, you know, and and, and go spend 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 spend, you know, and uh, that would be a very dangerous thing to do. So uh, this particular company has done extremely well to control its growth, and you know, for instance, it has won new contracts, hasn't been frightened to say no. No, I'm not. You know, thank you for that million pound contract, but I'm not going to do it now. It's not the right time for me to do it. Mm. You know, so um, I think um, I don't have any clients that I would say. Yeah, you know, they have been successful where you would you would put them as big risk takers. Mm. I think. Um, I mean, it's probably almost an oxymoron. You know, to have a successful business, by definition, you have to have some ability to take risk, don't you? Mm. It's like a, a balance between the two things. Yeah, I mean, you know, see, to me, what I do, I don't believe is risky because I believe I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Which is what I mean. So, mm. if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, um, for me, it's it's not being scared to say yes to things if they feel or right no. or no to things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've learned over the years quite often, uh, from quite an early age, actually, that if I had a bad belly feeling about something... I've I've turned down things at twenty third hour, fifty ninth minute. Mm. That was another question I was going to ask: is whether you go by a certain principle or it's like gut instinct or on most of these big decisions you make. Um, well, I mean, that, again, that's a uh, as everyone knows, and I was well, please the same person who made the joke about Skoda. Actually, we did agree that the best world, the best word in business was depends. 
Mm. Um, <laughs> most questions in business you put to pens and they'll answer, <laughs> we'll answer just about every question. So that's a tip. If any of you were sat in a management meeting wondering what to say, just put to pens. Um, not, not a good idea if you just be honest what sandwich you want, uh, but uh, it works for just about anything else. So um, I would say in my case, you have a mixture of two things. You have uh, a developed intuition which people would actually say was entrepreneurship, which is where you, because you are an entrepreneur, can see things other people can't see. Mm. You literally can. There things are clear to you that aren't clear to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got better understanding that, uh, and I think, and I think, um, got told off then for not looking at the, the microphone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, what, I've, what, what often happens with me is interesting. Mark Kerry said something to me the other day when. Um, when he was talking about um, I think it was launching the podcast and then everything I did afterwards he said I don't know if you're just a born genius or whatever but he said for what I've seen of you the, the decisions you make are are instinctive not developed you know they're not mm. consciously thought out mm. or mm. because someone's told you and then you seem to instinctively know what to do Yes. To maximise that, you know? It, it's, it's like building the knowledge to, like, so you have a lot of knowledge, you know exactly all, all about many different things, and then trusting that knowledge in the moment that. that well, trusting your, your judgment. Yeah, trusting your judgment and your instinct in that moment, that, that knowledge there, you, you trust all of that. Yeah, and then, but then there's a there's very important, so there's that. And then, of course, there's the, um, the other side of our world in particular, which is uh, success creates opportunity. Mm. So people will come along to you and say, "Would you like to have? Would you like to work with me on this?" Well, that's that's not instinctive, is it? Mm. So all I have to do then is to evaluate the opportunity and say, "Well, is it is it something I'd like to do? Do I like these people? Mm. Does it work for me?" Mm. You know. Uh, so you got the two things put together, really. Mm. Mm. Ah, that's very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I'm glad it's interesting. <laughs> Who'd like to interest you? <laughs> And um, so, should we, should we step on to the music part of the podcast now? I think we, we have, this is almost a podcast special. We've been going on for 37 minutes and 30 seconds, Paul. It's because you're such a groovy guy to talk to, Drew. Groovy. So are, we, are we getting to the end of this, are we? Um, I, I think so. We've had an insight into um, how you okay. handle risk. If you want to say. No, no, no so, um, yeah, so obviously, one of the things, um, yeah, so, so in closing. Um, my book actually has a really good section on risk, and I think in my new book, I've I've taken that even further. Um, if anyone uh, listening to this wants any advice or would like to clarify any of the points, uh, Drew and I would be very happy to talk to you. Uh, or if you send send us an email, we'll always reply to it quite quickly. Mm. Um, so as as we were saying in in uh, earlier, that uh, the, the plan really is to, to develop. Uh, our podcasts uh, over the next few weeks and months uh, and and focus much more on music which uh, I think you know uh, without music the world would be an incredibly dull place and I certainly think uh, I, I probably like to listen to music for at least half an hour every day and mm. it sort of energises me and I think one of the things that's that's quite good about I suppose being quite eclectic like I am you know so if you think about the sort of music I like I like so on the one hand, I like, you know, Grieg and um, people like Vaughan Williams and Elgar on the one hand. Uh, and then I can go all the way through, even to some of the metal shit, as I call it, the Callum, <laughs> Callum listens to. I have great respect for Metallica, people like In Me, Incubus. Mm. I love Lincoln Park now, as much as he does, if not more, to be honest. Great respect to Chester, by the way. Mm. Rock and roll, man. R.I.P. Um, uh but also, um, I get I get accused of liking cheesy cheesy eighties pop, which is possibly true, but I don't see it as cheesy. Uh, obviously, I was a punk. Uh, I, I then was hugely involved in new wave, uh, and, and I was a new romantic. So I hugely enjoyed dressing smartly, which is the you know the look I probably have kept to this day. You know, the new romantic side of things. Um, very much respect folk music, like like Drew does. Um, Drew's more obviously hippie than me, but actually, uh, 
you know the sort of um, Matthew Southern Comfort Woodstock sort of feel is really uh, really really resonates with me uh, which is why we, we all get on so well I think um, so I think you know one of the things we'd like to do uh, you know bearing in mind that as we say Drew and, and Callum and and their and their and their friends are incredibly talented people so we'd like to um, we'd like to spread some musical love and knowledge uh, around around the country uh, and, and and get you into music that perhaps you wouldn't have listened to if it wasn't for us mm. uh, and, and and of course what's very sad about the world and, and music in particular you get hugely untalented people like Banana Rama uh, Cheryl Cole uh, Girls Aloud these sort of people who become very very famous with with no talents really mm. and then you get fantastic people um, like people I don't know Sam Smith Judy Zook perhaps in my lifetime uh, even even people like Elkie Brooks uh, Robert Palmer to some extent you know are who are amazingly talented people who never really make it mm. and there was a band who got Icicle Works who d- deserved you know I think their, their best ever record should have been number one for ten weeks in a row and probably most people wouldn't even know what it was so um I'm going to think long and hard about the records that we're going to choose uh, each week. Uh, and this week, uh, I've really got into a band recently again called Renaissance, who uh, were pretty big in the prog rock scene uh, when it was launched in the UK in the 70s. Ironically, I was saying to Drew earlier that they are now really huge in Northeast America. So I guess what you would call New England. Uh, they sold out Carnegie Hall seven nights in a row last year. Uh, they, they they write some amazing stuff. Annie Haslam, the lead singer, um, is is widely considered to have the best vocal range of any female singer in history. Oh, wow. And I think when you listen to this track I've picked today, you'll see why. Uh, I must confess, I hadn't appreciated this track was quite as long as it is, and Drew's pointed out, but um, unlike most tracks that go on over five minutes, uh, you won't get bored, I don't think. It's uh, layered with uh, beautiful sounds and all sorts of wonderful instruments mandolins for instance oh, wow. mandolins there's a little bit of a exotic eastern influence I think thingy mm. in the record let's say beautiful Annie Haslam's uh, voice resonates throughout it's a beautiful example of really beautiful prog rock mm. so um, I'm going to leave you today uh, before I pass you over to Drew with my choice for today which is Raja Khan by Renaissance check it out Excellent. Have an amazing week, listeners. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.